Welcome to the WinFL Show. Welcome to the WinFL Show. I'm your host, Ian McKinnon, joined by Jake McGee and Dave Somerville. As always, how are we today, gentlemen? Glad to be here. Mentally preparing for the draft and my sleep schedule going to the bin. Yes, the draft is upcoming. Uh, it's going to be taking place tomorrow night or early hours of Friday morning, whichever way you look at it. Um, Jake, Dave, do we know the exact time that that first pick is going to be selected? Uh, GMT, do we have a time for that? I think it's 1am. I think that's when the program starts. I don't know about the first pick. Program starts uh, at 1. All right. Yeah, program starts at 1, as far as I'm aware, anyway. So I'm I'm prepared, mentally prepared for a very, very late night or early morning. Yeah, I think it's uh, it's going to be a, a sleepless one for a, for an awful lot of people. Uh, looking forward to where their team is picking. Uh, particularly first round is obviously great, especially the first few picks. And hopefully we'll get some nice trades. Uh, but before we talk about the draft, a couple of other things we need to just talk about very quickly. We do have some important dates coming up. Uh, could, would you care to enlighten us on some of the important dates that are coming up soon? Well, for... Um, perhaps from uh, the 2019 NFL draft we've got the fifth year option of the rookies coming up so this is the opportunity for teams to basically guarantee at least one more year um, of their kind of uh, draft picks from the 2019 draft uh, some noble players that haven't uh, picked up the that option yet or the option hasn't been picked up on them yet Daniel Jones uh, New York Giants quarterback um, and if the Giants do so uh do choose to pick up the fifth year option they're looking at probably paying him somewhere in the region of between 18 and 19 million dollars so this, it's quite an important um quite an important decision when you you know if a player if you think a player's worked out fantastic we've already got some teams already picked up uh, the fifth year option on some players uh nick bosa of the 49ers one of the most notable ones uh noah fant <coughs> of the seahawks uh, has been picked up. Uh, sorry, Nioso. Um But yeah, May second is the deadline for that. So in I, I, in in the next few days, you're going to see some um, players' futures uh, decided. Uh, some of the, especially some of the big hitters that were coming out of college in the 2019 draft. Yeah, for those of you who aren't aware of what the fifth year option actually is, it's the final year of the contract for NFL rookies, generally speaking, the first round. Players who are drafted in the first round of the NFL draft. So the final year uh, is the, what's called the fifth year option. And it allows teams to, they can do what they call exercise the, the fifth year option or pick up the fifth year option for their players. Uh, yeah, there's definitely some notable ones there. And uh, what's the what's the actual final deadline for that again? May second for that. Uh, so the teams, the the teams have the draft to take into consideration, and then you've got a few days after that uh, to make their final decisions. So a lot is going to happen in the next few days, and it's going to be exciting for the whole league. It certainly is, and uh, there's uh, other important dates, including the international series. Jake, any news on that? Yeah. So the full NFL schedule is to be released on May the twelfth. Um, but we get spoiled a little early uh, with the London games being announced on May the 4th. Um, so we will know who my Saints are playing on May the 4th. Um, and then the full um, schedule will be on NFL Network at 12. They normally do a big program around it and start telling you everyone's strength of schedule before we've even reached, uh, uh, even reached training camp. So there's definitely not going to be short of content over the next couple of weeks. Good stuff. I mean, they, they've got the, the whatever they announced. This is the home teams that have already been announced, and they're waiting to find out what who their opponents are. Is that what's that right? 
Yes, we know it's going to be the Jags, the Packers, and the Saints in London. We just don't know who they're playing. Although you have a good idea, you know, it's narrowed down to eight or nine possibilities because it's going to be an away game for the other team. Of course, yes, and I understand it's uh, the Buccaneers in Munich. Is that right? Uh, in Germany, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I, th- I think it was Munich. Uh, definitely in Germany, the Buccaneers are going to be playing a home game. It's really good to see the NFL back uh, on on the continent uh, in Europe. Uh, and I just, I love Germany. Germany is one of my favourite countries. It's absolutely amazing. If you guys ever get the chance to go, if you haven't been already, um, Bavaria, where, where Munich is down in the south of Germany, just has the best beer. It has absolutely the best beer in the world. Uh, it's insane the amount of options of beer that you can get there and they're all great they're all really cheap and it's just wonderful so um a big up to germany there getting the international series i would i would actually consider going to germany to watch hopefully the bucks lose (laughs) i shouldn't say that but it's true um even just as an excuse to i could drink more german beer or if they win, you can drown your sorrows in uh, more German beer. It's it's a win-win. Even if the Bucks <laughs> win, I win. I mean, that's that's awesome. So, yeah, it's really good to see it come back. Hopefully, there'll be more and more games coming over to Europe in the future. It's just, it's just fantastic that Germany got a game right through um, the NFL Europe. And prior to that, when it was the, the was it the World League? I think it was called before it was actually NFL Europe. Uh, the teams in Germany, I believe there was the uh, Frankfurt Galaxy. There was the Rheinfire. Mm-hmm. These teams had huge followings, massive followings. So it's really good to see it, uh, the NFL coming back to Germany. I'm really looking forward to that. But of course, the big news is the upcoming draft. But we've got other things to discuss because... The draft is not the only thing. There's still been more movement with free agents, with signings and re-signings and cuts. Uh, Gentlemen, who wants to lead off with uh, some of the action that's been taking place in the NFL over the past week? I shall lead off with one anyway that just of news that just came out today uh, of Melvin Gordon signing a new one-year deal, $5 million or up to $5 million with the Denver Broncos. So... I, I'd ask for a grading on this one from yourself, Ian. Do you, I, I mean, I would give it kind of a, a C plus. You know what you're getting. You've got some kind of depth, but that contract kind of doesn't make me feel very easy about the deal. I, I'm not the biggest fan of Melvin Gordon, um, but you know he's he's signed on for another year. But do you think he? Do you think he's sort of that final piece of the jigsaw for your Denver offense? I think that Melvin Gordon, I actually think this is quite a team-friendly contract. Five million. Um, I believe if Gordon had gone to another team, he would have got more money. Uh, I understand that teams are trying not to overpay for running backs, um, especially, you know, this year and, and the year before because of mm-hmm. things that have happened in previous years. When when Melvin Gordon, I'm not a fan of Melvin Gordon either. It sounds a, like a terrible thing to say because he, he plays for the team that I support. But there's just something about Melvin Gordon. When he was with the Chargers, he was dynamic and he was a scary player. He really was. You were like, he, he could score at any point. But when he came to Denver... And then he's on your team. I, I don't get excited when he's in the backfield. I was much more excited with Javonte Williams. Now, Melvin Gordon is still an excellent player. He's a good receiver out of the backfield. He has excellent breakaway speed. And he's a good 
blocker in, in the past game. He's an all-round good running back. I don't think he's in the top tier of running backs. I wouldn't put him there. I wouldn't put him up with the likes of uh, Dalvin Cook or, or you know, people of that ilk. He's not that at that level. He's maybe just down a level. So I think a five million contract is pretty good. The only problem that I have, I don't think he should have been with the Broncos last year because the Broncos had literally had the choice between Philip Lindsay and Melvin Gordon and they traded Philip Lindsay or, or they cut Philip Lindsay and they re-signed Melvin Gordon to a much higher contract. Lindsay would have been cheaper. Um, he was coming off 2,000-yard seasons. He was a Pro Bowl player. And he was just desperate to play for the Broncos. And they, and they cut him in favour of Melvin Gordon and then uh, drafted Javonte Williams. Now, I love the, the pick of Williams, the, the most exciting player on the Broncos last year. And he may be the most exciting player on the Broncos for the next 10 years, if he stays healthy. But... With Melvin Gordon, I don't know what kind of production we're going to see from him when he's splitting carries with Javonte Williams. And I firmly believe as the year goes on, Williams will see more and more of the ball and that $5 million contract will start to look less and less like a team-friendly deal. Uh, I think that the only thing I can kind of relate it to in recent years, you've got... um uh, now, I know we're going back to my own team, but Todd Gurley, Todd Gurley's contract was a disaster for the Rams. Uh, I, I think by any stretch of the imagination, we paid him a big-time contract, but he, he wasn't going to be able to play every you know, all the plays we needed him to play. Um, he had arthritis in his knee, which prevented him from playing a few games because they were trying to work out what the actual problem was. But he had signed this big contract. And, you know, as we have learned, particularly in recent years, running backs are not... Or, or sorry, are one of the more expendable positions. The one, The most... The ones that you can change the most. So I think the Broncos. I know it's a five million dollar contract. It's not a small. Well, in NFL terms, maybe it is a bit small. But the one year aspect has probably saved them uh, from maybe overcommitting. And you know, obviously, it gives them uh, options in the future. Uh, possibly even getting Philip Lindsay back at some point. I, I think that will be a plus for the Broncos. I think they were wrong to cut Philip Lindsay. Uh, not all from the new contract, but yeah, I think that, that's kind of a wait and see moment. Um, I think the only other thing, probably that, or the the other main notable re-signing uh, recently was uh, Cam Robinson of the Jags, um, the offensive tackle, a little bit more uh, protection, maybe uh, or signed up protection for Trevor Lawrence. So he's signed a three-year, fifty-four million dollar contract for a player that I think is. I definitely wouldn't rate him as a kind of top five tackle, but I think it shows just how much teams are prepared to invest in the offensive line now. And Cam Robinson's cashing in all the way to the bank. Yeah, I don't think we can go down the the rabbit hole of talking about offensive lines again. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) A half an episode talking about offensive lines. He may not be top five, but, you know, if he's top 10, that's good enough. I think that Mm. the Jags just really need to invest in the offensive line, just keep... Trevor Lawrence upright. Well, that's kind of the, the price range they've put him at. I think that it, it works out on average. He's tied ninth, so I think the Jags are doing what what you said, Darian. Kind of top ten, we'll take it. You know, he was gonna be on the franchise tag for the second consecutive year, so I think both camps are happy. He gets a bit of security in terms of knows where he's at for the next couple of years instead of most likely on the free agency next year. 
um, and the Jags get to keep her tackle and not have to pay him, you know, Toronto Armstead tag kind of money. Um, yeah, so has there been any other signings or re-signings that we should be aware about before we move on to the dreaded upcoming draft? The only thing I can think of which will lead us on to the draft is the Patriots and the Texans, which are interlinked with Nick Casario and kind of all sorts of behind the scenes in terms of ex-Patriots and new Texans. Uh, they had a trade, nothing major, uh, but the Patriots traded their fifth, which was the 170th pick, uh, for the Texans' sixth and seventh, which was 183rd and 245th, respectively. So not groundbreaking, um, but just a bit of movement at the back of the draft. It's always good to see a few retreats uh, around draft time. Uh, I love it. Obviously, we're hoping to see something uh, uh, on the night of the draft. That's the best when when the commissioner comes up and announces there has been a trade that's of the words i love to hear particularly in the first sort of top 10 12 uh, positions but can't wait for that uh now we do have to talk about the draft and we have our final mock draft we're going to go through the entire first round um all 32 picks um from our resident draft expert ewan mcphail and um, we're going to start off with uh, the pick that he's got for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, number one overall, Trayvon Walker, edge. What do we think of Trayvon Walker off the edge? I think with this number one pick, for long enough, it's been Trayvon Walker or Aiden Hutchinson. Mm-hmm. The kind of rumours coming out at the moment, last couple of hours, couple of days, from likes of Bucky Brooks, is that um, Trent Bulky, the, the GM, wants... Um, Trayvon Walker and the coach I think it's Doug Peterson um, wants Icky Akwonru so I think number one I have the same as Ewan in terms of Trayvon Walker Um, but I think we'll know after the first pick, who's kind of running the show there at Jacksonville? Just to, to let uh, the listeners know, so we we do have our mock draft from Ewan McPhail. Jake has done his own mock draft. We're going to see how these stack up. I don't believe there's any trades in Ewan's mock draft. I, I understand it's just 32 picks as the team have them at the moment as of, as of recording. These may change, obviously, as any trades happen. Uh, Jake, do you have any trades in your mock draft? I've got two ridiculous two. trades that Fantastic. will probably not happen. I wanted to be a bit inventive. Yes. Uh, we, we just know that Jake's going to say, and the uh, Detroit Lions uh, trade their second pick to the New Orleans Saints for the New Orleans sixth. That's what we're looking for. <laughs> so. Yeah, yeah. Not that ridiculous thing. I'm not, not, so, I'm not too biased. So uh, at, at uh, the second overall pick, it is the Detroit Lions, and uh, Ewan has Aiden Hutchinson, uh, another edge rusher going to Detroit. Do we like this pick, guys? What do we think? I think the 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 last month, at least the last month anyway, the last couple of months, it's been kind of widely speculated that the top two picks were going to be Trayvon Walker and Aiden Hutchinson. Um, I think some some of the kind of uh, we'll call them pundits have been saying that uh, Aiden Hutchinson is a freak athlete, uh, and it's been a long time since they've seen someone that can pull some of the moves that uh, that he can. And but one of the things that's kind of um, making me doubt it a little bit, or, or doubt that he may be a, a, a complete and utter success in the league, is that he was he only kind of shown in the last uh, year of his college career, really, uh, as a standout. So, um, I, I think he's I think he's from the local area, Jake. If yeah. I'm not yeah, mistaken. Michigan. 
He's from Michigan. Oh, well, there you go. He's he's not far from Detroit. And, well, he's not far. He's in Detroit virtually. But, um, yes. <laughs> so, I, for those I, who don't I, know, I, Detroit <laughs> is in Michigan. <laughs> yes. Although yes, Michigan's, a, Michigan's a fair, fair-sized state, so he might not be in Detroit itself. He could be outside. He's a local lad all the same, and I think Lions fans and the Lions brass will be absolutely delighted with the you know the more and more rumours that Hutchinson is going to be there too, and I don't think the Lions really could have asked for much more. No, absolutely. Yes, I think I think they'll be they'll be delighted with uh, Jacksonville more than anywhere else for not yeah. taking him at number two. Um, but I I think that would be pretty solid for Lions. They they do need uh, probably someone coming off the edge, and if if his reports uh, if he lives up to his scouting reports and some of the comments that I've seen, I think he probably will be uh, one of the best edge rushers in the league. He could very well be. Jake, do you have Hutchinson going number two to the Lions? We do. Me and you and have yeah. the same top five. It's number six that we start getting a bit, bit crazy. Uh, right, well, moving on to number three. And this was the first one that I looked at. I'm not convinced this is going to be the pick, but mm. I am not a draft expert. Uh, and I, it's the Houston Texans at number three taking tackle Ikem Ekwonu. Not that I don't think Ikwonu deserves to be the number three pick. He's an offensive tackle. It's the fact that he's an offensive tackle makes me think the Texans might not go with this because I'm not sold on the fact that the Texans are going with David Mills as quarterback. And I think they could be the first team to really throw a spanner in the works and they might, might go for a quarterback at number three overall I, i'm just saying i'm just saying i'm not the expert ewan mcphail is the expert he's got ikem ikwono at number three dave you've already said uh, sorry jake beg your pardon you've already said that you agree at number three what do we reckon offensive tackle is that the, is that the best fit for the texans or do you think they're simply going best player available well, the texans can go best player available because they have quite a lot of picks they have quite a lot of need um, I think Tonsil's in his last year of his contract, so that is nice to have in your back pocket if there is not maybe a tackle you like next year. Um, Icky can play left tackle, right tackle. A lot of people think he can play either of the guard positions as well. Um, so having someone so versatile, you know, this year maybe you stick him right tackle or in guard. And if the you know, negotiations don't go well with um, Tonsil or you want to move on from Tonsil, you can then put him left tackle next year. So I think it's just a a safe pick, uh, and they can just take whoever they like the most. Yeah, I mean, I, I think almost everyone's in agreement, Dave, you already mentioned that that Walk and Hutchison are going to go one and two. Um, mm-hmm. I think I just don't trust the Texans. Oh, I, I, I don't I, think the Texans trust trust the, tre- the Texans at all. Because, um, yeah, I, I think, think, think Ikonu is the best player. Yeah. I think he is uh, by... I, he should be number three. I just don't trust the Texans. And I think the Texans are going to stretch at number three or possibly was, trade out. I would go one step further. I, I think you may be right that the first surprise will come from the Texans at pick three. But I would say that um, I think if they were to listen to potential trades as well, uh, to see not necessarily for draft capital, uh, but maybe I, I actually thinking about it, I want to ask a question, quick question. Can you, on draft night, Trade draft picks, including players. Yes, you absolutely can. Yes, I think that is a potential then for the Texans because I think they they could do with some quality players, but I think they need some proven players as well. So they don't they they've got so many obvious needs. I feel 
And I think that they may be open to listening for offers for that third pick. If you know if it's worth it, if if there's a team that feel there's one certain player that they really want, they really need, then I think they will listen to it. I think that's where the first surprise of the draft will come, a pick three with the Texans, whether it's a Texans pick or whether it's them trading away for something else. I, I, Most of the buzz has been that there's not meant, you know, no one's calling the Jaguars, the Giants and the Panthers have been known. I've made it aware that they're happy to trade down. There's not people, not you know, there's not people uh, ringing that phone. So I, the the only other thing I've seen with the the Texans is that it could be um, Sauce Gardner because he would fit perfectly into Lovey Smith. Yes, um, but I don't know how committed the Texans are to Lovey Smith, so they might. Like I say, I think they'll just take best player available. So I think so. We're all saying none of us trust the Texans. Is that right? Yes. Okay. 100%. Yes. <laughs> and you know that's a shame. That's probably unfair, but because of you know the entire Bill O'Brien regime, I don't think any of us trust the Texans to do the correct thing, whatever the correct thing might be, uh, whether it is taking a Kwonu or, or possibly Gardner, Gardner so highly regarded, I think he would improve anyone. We don't. We know that Lovie Smith is a defensive-minded coach and he might look to, to get someone like Gardner and, or possibly even, they might surprise us with one of the other edge players. I don't think they trade the pick because... No. I don't think they gain anything out of trading the pick. Let's say, for argument's sakes, the Texans trade this pick to um, the, the Eagles. The Eagles are picking 15th, and they, they trade up. I still think the Eagles will be picking behind the Texans next year. So I don't I don't think there's any reward as such for the Texans to trade it. I just I don't know what they're going to do. Moving on, number four, the New York Jets. Ahmad Gardner, Sauce Gardner cornerback that's what Ewan's got for his number four pick Jake that's what you've got for your number four pick Dave give us your opinion what do you think he seems like a special talent from uh, some of the highlights I've seen and obviously some of the reports um, from his uh, scouting workouts I I think that I I don't think um, he goes outside the top four I, I think if the Texans don't pick him I think he goes at number four I think it's a solid pick um you know, if the Texans decide to pass on him, which, I, I, I mean, from everything I've seen, I think would be a bit of a mistake. But yeah, I, I the, well, for me anyway, that's an A+. Plus. The big apple, applesauce, I'm, I'm all about it. I love it. I think, oh. I think it's just, it's meant to be. And I mean, I've seen him compared to Cromartie. I mean, he's like 6'3", 190. He's, he's just a, a, a genetic guy. freak. Uh, so I think, uh, I think there's a slam dunk. It it should be a slam dunk. Um, I'm going to throw a very small spanner in the works here. <laughs> in that, um, whilst I think he would be the best player for the Jets, I think they would actually benefit more from one of the offensive tackles because their offensive line is appalling. And I think they really need to help their, their young quarterback. But Sauce Gardner is so special. I don't think they can pass up on him, and I think they'll also draft Gardner. So, I was going to say, on the, the Jets thing there with the offensive line, you, you might be onto something uh, because there's lots of rumours going around that they might be moving on from Mackay Becton, who was drafted in 2020, number 11. Overall, he, he started 14 games in that first year, um, but then September of 21, he suffered a knee injury, hmm. was supposed to be out four to six weeks, but missed the entire season. Rumours that he reached over 400 pounds and he's not even turned up or not participating in voluntary off-season workouts. Oh. So there's rumours afloat that the Jets may be 
already looking to move on for someone they only drafted in 2020. And, I mean, Mackay Beckton was like 6'7". Like, he looked like, uh, you know, a slam dunk. He, he but, certainly uh, did. He did look like a slam dunk. He so was very offensive lineman might not be out of the question. I, I, I think, personally, if I'm, if I'm the Jets, I'm taking an offensive lineman because I think that's what you need. Um, but they, they, they'll look at Gardner and say, do you know what, there's a lot of offensive linemen in this draft. And we, we could we could pick up a good one in the in the middle somewhere. So we'll just take who who looks like the best defensive back in the entire draft at number four. Um, number five, the New York Giants. New York football Giants. Evan Neal, offensive tackle. Jake, you've got Evan Neal as well. Give us your thoughts on that. I think it, what we were saying about the Jets and it kind of works for the Giants as well in terms of um, beefing up that offensive line. Yeah. Um, Dave's already mentioned that, you know, fifth year option for Daniel Jones. This is kind of his fourth year, you know, what best way to kind of have a have a look and decide if he is going to be there for the future or if next year you are looking for a quarterback, then at least give him a chance with the, the offensive line. Well, I I did make some notes on Evan Neal that he was six foot seven, three hundred and fifty pounds, and a freak of an athlete for that size. So I think if Daniel Jones is going to have any success at the New York Giants, that he he can get it with Evan Neal protecting him. Uh, and but what the other thing I would say as well is that um, I think if Icky is still there, I think that gives them a, a, a bit of a dilemma um, of which one to go for. But yeah, I I I go along lines of Evan Neal first. I, um, he played at Alabama, one of the best colleges in the entire country. So. Yeah, I, I solid pick, and like you say, you know Daniel Jones coming up to the option for his fifth year. Mm-hmm. If he's going to have any breakout, year, well, I say breakout year. If he's going to have any successful year, it's got to be this year. And if he's got Evan Neal there, they're giving him tools to get that protection that's much needed. Neal's yeah. another one that played left guard one year, played right tackle one year, and then played left tackle last year for Alabama. So again, versatility is massive. Oh, it's huge. It's huge. Particularly, I mean, we know what it's like. If you've, if you've got your your eight eight or nine offensive linemen on your roster, one of those guys got go down, you want someone who can go in anywhere that you can plug in. And if it's, you know, if the rookie's not the starter from day one, you want to be able to just slot him in, whether it's at right guard, left tackle, left guard, center, that's what you want. You want that guy. And uh, I think Evan Neal definitely fits the mold of one of those most versatile offensive tackles. Number six now with the Carolina Panthers. You and Hassam taking Charles Cross, offensive tackle, Charles Cross. Jake, I believe you are disagreeing with this one. I think Ewan is most likely right, and I agree with Ewan's choice. <laughs> I decided to be different, and I have the Panthers actually trading back so the Panthers don't pick again until late in the fourth. Um, so I've got the Philadelphia Eagles trading the 15th, the 51st, and the 83rd pick oh. uh, for this number six, and them taking Kayvon Thibodeau. Kayvon well, I think Ewan Thibodeau. is most likely correct. Well, we'll wait and see. I mean, the, the rumours about what the Panthers are going to do at number six have gone all the way to them taking a quarterback. So, like, I've, I've seen people saying, oh, Kenny Pickett's going number six. I was like, what? Uh, so, I mean, it's possible. We don't know what's going to happen. So, the Panthers may trade out. Ewan does have them taking Charles Cross, probably best available offensive tackle at number six. Dave, any opinion on that? 
I mean, I mean this it's another pick where you you're not quite sure it's going to happen. Panthers are in need of quite a few positions, but yeah. if they choose not to go for either Kenny Pickett or Malik Willis, I think an offensive tackle probably would be the next choice, assuming they don't trade. There's a couple teams that have there's potential for them to trade. The Eagles being the main one that's been quite heavily touted in the last couple of days if there was going to be a trade for the Panthers pick. But like Jake said, Jake said earlier, I think it, there's, there's a few teams that are um, offering or listening or wanting to listen to offers to trade back, um, probably for more picks. But um, yeah, I, I I would say that if the Panthers cho- choose to go for a quarterback, I think that would be the wrong decision. Uh, looking at what's available in this draft, for to pick one at six, I think would be a bit, a bit of a mistake. Mm. Um, offense tackle, like we've already said, you can't really go wrong with a solid offensive tackle. I was, I was just going to say, with the Thibodeau pick, before the combine, it was him and Hutchinson one and two. And then after Trayvon Walker absolutely tore up the combine, obviously it was him and Hutchinson. Um, and Thibodeau seems to have fallen a few, off, you know, some mock drafts, even outside the top 10 for some. Um, but I know the Cowboys and the Eagles are, are very big on him. So if he does start to slide, maybe not with the Panthers, but if he does start to slide, I think. That is something to keep an eye on that people might trade for him. Speaking of Kayvon Thibodeau, uh, Ewan has him going at number seven to the New York Giants. Now, one thing you were talking about there, if the Panthers, for example, take Thibodeau at number six, or if they trade to Philadelphia, Philadelphia draft Thibodeau, do the Giants double down on offensive tackles? Because Charles Cross would still be available at number seven. I don't think so. I think they would like to go big, big uh, in terms of offensive line, defensive line. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think they would just look who's next on their board. When I have Jermaine Johnson, um, I think you know it's up to themselves, but they would just take the next big, big man if they can't trade back themselves. Yeah, Jermaine Johnson is being looked at at number eight to the Atlanta Falcons. Dave, uh, what do you think? Jermaine Johnson, edge player to Atlanta at number eight. Do you think that's a good selection for them? It makes sense. I mean, it, it makes a, a lot of sense. Um, the other one that I thought uh, when I was looking at it last week uh, as a potential would be uh, Jordan Davis, defense tackle out of Georgia, um, as a potential. Now, I think the Falcons, their defensive line hasn't been great. Um, obviously, one of the needs, or, well, the apparent needs would be at the quarterback as well. So the early doors, they were being touted as a p- potential for an early quarterback pick, also for looking at the wide receiver class of um, people like Jameson Williams. Um, but, you know, it's, the, again, for the Falcons, I think they just kind of go look at their board. Who's left? Do they want to buff, buffer up their defensive line? They just go for the next person on the list. Um, but, yeah, I, I think the Falcons, Falcons could be another surprise uh, in the draft. Maybe Texans stroke two uh, and just... Be, we're really unsure who they're going to pick at this point. Um, but they could just go kind of slow and steady. Uh, but yeah, I, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm quite interested to see how, what the Falcons focus on in, in this, well, in the first round, because I, I they're obviously Matt Ryan's gone. They, if they've had Matt Ryan as a quarterback for such a long time now, do they move on uh, to a new rookie coming out of the draft in the quarterback? Malik Willis, Kenny Pickett, are these guys that could suit them? I don't know. It's 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 just exciting times. 
It is indeed. Uh, Jake, what do you think about the Falcons at number eight with Jermaine Johnson on the edge? Do you agree with that pick? Like I say, I've got him going earlier. If he's there, of I'm course, sure yes. the, the Falcons would be very happy to snap him up. I do have them starting the wide receiver run, though, uh, with Garrett Wilson. Um, but as Ooh. like David said, I think they're similar to the Texans in terms of they can just take best player available. I think they can. When you've got teams that have... It's not so much... You look at some teams, you're like, there's a glaring need at one position. But there's other teams where you think they could improve, you know, defensive line, offensive line, wide receiver, quarterback, cornerback, safety. There's so many teams like that where you say they could improve anywhere. And if you're in full rebuild mode, which I fully believe the Atlanta Falcons are, I fully believe that. Um, They got rid of Julio Jones. uh, You know, they got rid of Matt Ryan. They, they to Kyle Pitts, the incredible tight end last year. Um, I think they're going to be looking at just taking whatever whoever the best player is who can help them, and whether that resu- results in trading other players or, or um, you know, cutting some players to sign another player. I think the Falcons are a full rebuild, and I think they're one of those teams that can rebuild very quickly. I think they still have a good young nucleus of players. And they can build around that. And I, I think whoever is throwing the ball for Atlanta will be quite happy next year. Um, so it'll be good to see what the, what they do at number eight. Uh, number nine, we've got the Seattle Seahawks. Um, and you want to have some taking Derek Stingley Jr. Or Stingley Jr. I'm not sure how you pronounce that. Uh, cornerback at number nine. Jake, give us your thoughts on that. Uh, me and you are back on the same page. We have the same pick. Um, he's one of those players, I think, in his 2009, uh, 2019 um, freshman year, the, the year that LSU won the national championship. He, If he could have been drafted that year, he would have probably gone before source. Like he, They were that high on him. Um, 20 and 21, few injuries, up and down. Um, but people are really, you know, the talent is there. Uh, people watch him at the combine and the pro day. His movement is, is unbelievable. So I think... He started you know, the, the top half of the, the mock drafts when they started and he just keeps on getting moved further and further forward. So he's uh, trending at the right time. He does look like a special talent. Dave? I, I mean, I, I think he, like Jake said, from what I've seen, uh, he's rated as one of, if not one of the top uh, cornerbacks in, in the draft. Obviously, Sauce has got a lot more publicity at the moment as being the first choice for most teams for cornerback but i would say that i I think he's fantastic for the the very few highlights i did see of him his his starting movement his agility was quite lethal and you know it's sometimes just these little adjustments that you can't really teach or i say adjustments these little movements that you can't necessarily teach to people uh i think he's got some of these traits and yeah, I mean, I, again, I think this will be a fantastic pick. Uh, moving to number 10, we have the New York Jets again. And this is the first player um, on Ewan's board that is not edge, offensive tackle or cornerback. And he has gone with the aforementioned wide receiver, Garrett Wilson. Um, what do we think of this one? Dave, I'll let you start off. I think there's there's a, a good few wide receivers that are being touted as p- uh, potential, especially for this pick by the Jets. Um, now, Garrett Wilson, he's, he's maybe a bit more of a a rugged, uh, but like he's got raw talent. 
Um, he's he's six foot. He's not the biggest wide receiver. He's six foot one ninety two. Um, but I think it, it, the skills that he does have and possess uh, will ensure that he is going to have a successful career in the NFL. Whether it's with the Jets or not, I don't know. But uh, I think the the kind of wide consensus is that the Jets are going to take a wide receiver here. Whether or not they make a trade, there's potential trade rumours uh, for one Mr. Debo Samuel. Um, <laughs> I, I think if, you know, one, one way or the other, they could try trade the 10th pick for Debo or they could go for Garrett Wilson or even Jameson uh, Williams as well, as, and some, maybe some of the other touted ones if they really want to spring a surprise. Uh, Traylon Burks, Chris Olave. You know, I, I I think the Jets will probably go for a wide receiver. I think it's a pretty spot-on pick here. Uh, Jake, are you agreeing with the Garrett Wilson pick? I have him going earlier on. I have him starting. I have Similar to you, know, I have him starting the wide receiver run. Um, in this pick, I have Jameson Williams. I just have it to the 49ers because I think Debo Samuel is going to the Jets. You think this so, trade's going to happen, yeah? Yeah, I'm just I'm making it as ridiculous as I can. I have Jameson William going at number 10. Whether he's playing for the Jets or the 49ers, I, I think I still get points either way. So I, I've maybe just edged my chances. The, the thing that upsets me about this, because I love Debo Samuel, is I, I'm worried that the Jets do trade this pick to the 49ers for Debo Samuel, and the 49ers select a wide receiver who proves to be just as successful in Shanahan's offense as Debo Samuel, and Debo Samuel suffers a massive drop-off due to the lack of supporting cast in New York. But um, name me a more Jets move ever. Oh, name me a, like, that, that, that. You could <laughs> tell me in five years, like, Jets are going to do that, and I would go, yeah. Well, the, the Jets fans are mental. They're never happy. It will not matter what the Jets do. This might make them happy. If they trade this, if they trade this pick and get Debo Samuel, this will be the first time Jets fans have actually been happy in a draft. So that, that might be might be the case. Uh, moving so on. They are not from the draft. Yeah, <laughs> not draft. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the only way to keep Jets fans happy in the draft is not to draft anyone. Just trade away all your players. Exactly. All your picks. Uh, so moving on to number 11, uh, we have another wide receiver. This is to the Washington Commanders, and it's Drake London going to the Commanders at number 11. Um, Jake, I'll let you start off with this one. What do you think of that? Uh, again, me and Ewan on the same page for this pick, which makes me happy, makes me feel you know, like a pat on my back. I must be doing something right. Uh, but this guy is basically a tight end. Like The, the size of him, it's, it's insane that you think some tight ends are probably smaller than him. I think he'll eat up a lot um, in the red zone. I think he's going to be a dangerous weapon. Uh, and he's certainly going to be one of the first wide receivers gone. Um, so I'm glad that I'm on the same page as Ewan. Six foot five, two hundred and ten pound wide receiver. <laughs> now, how many wide receivers are six foot five and are going to go in the first round of a draft? This this man is just ridiculous. I think the only downside is there was questions about his uh, what's perceived to be his one speed route running. That what, what, be, sorry, what what was his weight again? How many pounds? Two two ten. Right, I'm. I'm so just. Gonna, I'm just going to throw this this in <laughs> here. I'm just going to throw this in here, right? Um, because you talk, you know, Jake's talking about how big he is, and uh, Dave talking about how big he is. To put this into perspective, back in 
1990 NFL draft. Throwing it back to the Broncos here. Shannon Sharp, all pro tight end, Hall of Famer, uh, was six foot one and a quarter and 221. And he was considered too big for um, defensive (laughs) backs to cover. The game has changed, gentlemen. The game has changed a lot. I'm not saying that Drake London is going to have the sort of career that Shannon Sharp had. If he does, he'll be very happy. Uh, but isn't, isn't that incredible that, a, a, you know, a tight end, or he was actually listed as an H-back in 1990, was 6'1 and a quarter and 221 pounds and was considered far too big to be covered by a, a defensive back. And you're looking at wide receivers today and thinking, these guys are monsters. If they played in the 90s, they would have been tight ends. Absolutely. Some of them, some of them might have been offensive tackles. <laughs> well, you can also, I was just about to say, you can point out that he is the same size as uh, Charles Cross, who's, who we have already mentioned, an offensive tackle, and he is taller than Icky. So, you know, <laughs> Icky just... may, may weigh uh, 50% more than, uh, than Drake London, but I think a, a specimen with the skill level that he has at wide receiver... I'm surprised that he might, he might even start the wide receiver train that uh, that we're kind of expecting to go in the first couple rounds. Um, I I think when was the last time we saw someone that went so high in the draft that had those kind of attributes? Uh, I mean, Megatron. I don't even know. Randy Moss was what was he? He was six four, one ninety, yeah. one ninety five, or something like that. And mm-hmm. we saw him jumping over guys left, right, and centre. If Drake London can produce, if he can catch the ball, well, of course he can catch the ball. I mean, good grief! So why do you say that? But if he can catch the ball at the pro level, he could have an incredible career purely from physical attributes. This guy could be on course for an insane career. Um, let's just hope it works out with Washington and hope they manage to get their quarterback situation sorted out so that they can get this guy the ball. So uh, moving on, (laughs) pick number 12, we have the Minnesota Vikings, and we've got another cornerback. We've got Trent McDuffie going to the Minnesota Vikings at number 12. Dave, give us your thoughts on this one. This is general consensus again, that um, the pick 12 to the Vikings is going to be the third well, generally the third the third choice uh, cornerback in the draft on most teams' board. Um, Chip McDuffie out of uh, Washington College. Um, he's I, I think he's he's kind of average sized for a cornerback. We say average size coming off coming off the conversation about Drake London. Uh, <laughs> five five eleven. I mean, I I wouldn't want Chip McDuffie covering uh, Drake London since there's about a six or seven inch height difference between the two. Uh, I think the. 50-50 balls are going to become 90-10 uh, come that point. But uh, I think what he, he does show a lot of intelligence is for, uh, from what the scouts have been saying. So I think it's a, another general solid pick, and it does address one of the main team needs for the Vikings. I think their their defense is what they should be looking to buffer up in this draft. So, uh, yeah, I think that it's a good pick for them. Jake, do you agree with that? Yeah, I have McDuffie going as well. This was one of the ones where... A month ago, it was um, Stingley Jr. And everyone had Stingley Jr. And like I say, because he's trending up, uh, it's kind of helping McDuffie. I think McDuffie's moved up with him um, because everyone thinks the Vikings going to take a cornerback. 
and quite rightly so. He he just looked like a, a great talent. I think the Vikings could do very well with McDuffie um, in the <clears throat> in the defensive backfield there. Going to number thirteen, we have the Houston Texans again, and this time we have we are changing it up slightly. It is a defensive back, but it's Kyle Hamilton safety to the Houston Texans at number thirteen. I don't think they can go wrong with this pick. I think it's absolutely solid, and they could really just. I think they're going to hit with with Kyle Hamilton. He could be a good player for a long time. What do we think of that, guys? I think with that one, he's been on DJ's top he's top four, top five players overall. Yeah. Um, he had a bit of a slow combine, a slow pro day. I say slow, you know, four four seven forty. Oh, so um, so slow. Yeah, so slow. Oh my goodness, he's slower than me. My God, what? <laughs> and he's kind of suffering from his position, kind of not being a a major one in terms of you, know, you see. That the top ten is just edge, you know, offensive line and corner. So he's the Texans will be delighted that he's slipping to them. Um, again, with the Patriots link I mentioned earlier, um, Casario was there when the Patriots drafted McCourty, and he's getting kind of comp- compared to McCourty. So if this happens for the Texans, which I have and you would have, um, I think they will be laughing all the way to the bank. I mean, it brings a bit of flexibility as well because I think from what I've seen of him. There's also the opportunity to possibly even uh, not retrain him, but use him in a, in a linebacker role as well. Um, he's not the quickest safety uh, in the world, but um, I think he's he's a pretty solid pick. For months now, he's been touted as, possibly, you know, as Jake was saying, going top five. Um, he's 6'4", 220, so he's not a small guy either. I think I'd rather have him covering Drake London than anyone else uh, in the back line for sure. But yeah, I I don't see a downside to this. If if he is still there at thirteen, I will actually be quite surprised. It it it, it wouldn't surprise me whatsoever if he was a top ten pick. Uh, and yeah, I think the Texans, like Jake said, Texans laughing all the way to the bank if they if he falls to thirteen. Yeah, they they run that card up. If if he's there at thirteen, I don't expect them to use all five minutes or ten minutes, whatever it is. No, I, I expect <laughs> them to be running up. <laughs> they, they will. They they they'll have that name on the card before. Even if he's picked the twelve, they'll be scrubbing his name out. They'll already have it there. Um, number fourteen, the Baltimore Ravens with their first pick, and we've got them taking Jordan Davis, uh, interior defensive lineman. It's just a Ravens pick. It's just it, you know you look. Line up the you know the first thirty players and go. Which one do you think the place for the Ravens? It would be Jordan Davis. Ah, uh, definitely, Dave. Jordan Davis. I, I about a week or two ago when I sort of had a little look through, I had Jordan Davis going to the Ravens as well. I think it's it's just it's a solid pick. I think he's probably one of the best defense tackles, uh, probably the best defensive tackle. Um, in the in the draft this year, he's what six six three hundred and forty pounds. Mm. I mean. It's just I, I I I'm getting kind of stomachache thinking of someone that's three hundred forty pounds in the first place, uh, let alone a guy who can break through, uh, you know, uh, offensive lines to get to the quarterback or to stop a, a big running back powering at you. But um, yeah, he's a he's a mountain nose tackle. So yeah, I I, I think this is another solid pick. I'm I'm struggling to be critical of any of the picks here, but uh, yeah. Uh, I think I'm agreeing with Jake and Ewan for once in our lives. Must be killing you inside. <laughs> to, no be agreeing, to be agreeing no with comment. Ewan, that's, that's killing Dave. That's killing him. Uh, number 15, this is obviously going to 
be different from you, Jake, because uh, Ewan has... <laughs> I'm ridiculous. <laughs> because Ewan has the Philadelphia Eagles selecting uh, wide receiver Jameson Williams. Now, Dave, I, you've already spoken about Jameson Williams. Uh, Jake, what have you got at number 15? I have the Panthers taking Kenny Pickett here. Okay. So they've managed to, they've managed to uh, trade back, get more picks so they can address more needs in the later rounds and still get Kenny Pickett, who they were kind of rumored to be on in on anyway. Uh, like I say, this is not going to happen. Uh, let's just defer to what we think Ewan thinks, because that is much more likely. <laughs> well, you never know. That's the beauty of the draft. You never know. Um, well, if this happens, be prepared next week for a, a victory lap. <laughs> we can we can do that um all right moving on to number 16 and it is jake your new orleans saints and we have them selecting trevor penning offensive tackle what do you think of that jake have you got the saints taking an offensive tackle i do and some could say in my amazing bias i somehow and i was saying this to you and i don't know how but i somehow have charles cross falling to the saints which has never going to happen wow um but it's definitely going to be an offensive tackle it's most likely going to be trevor penning but oh. in my amazing mock draft I well it, it could be cross. if if the panthers trade out to number six yeah and yeah it could. it's not going to happen but if it did the happen it'd be great. The yeah. it's a massive favor i can see that happening but i, I think penning would be a, a good pick for them i think he he would help the team i don't think i mean you have to see of course there might be some sort of drop-off but i don't think it's a huge drop-off i think all of these um, offensive tackles, particularly these guys pre predicted to go in the first round, they all look very, very good. And I, I think that Trevor Penning could be an outstanding player for the Saints if indeed that's who they draft. Um, Dave, what do you think of that? I mean, Trevor Penning is a monster of a man as well. Another six foot seven giant uh, coming out of North, Northern Iowa. Um, Have you just yeah, got I mean, all these guys' vital statistics lined up? Is that what possibly. Don't, don't. Possibly. It's helping. Look, you know, we're coming up to the draft. I've I've been looking at it pretty much nonstop for the last couple of weeks, <laughs> and I, I know where to find these things. That's why you call yeah, research. Absolutely, yes. That's what we do on the Win FL show. Uh, well, okay, maybe I don't necessarily, but you know what? I'm going to take the more high ground in this one. And say yes, we, I have been. However, I think that the Saints will uh, probably pick an offensive tackle. I think Jake has been ridiculously optimistic <laughs> in terms of who he's going to take. I've, I've been honest about it. Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, it's a trade. You know, anything can happen. When trades are made, anything can happen. All of a sudden... Someone's going to drop out that top 15? Yeah. Someone's got to drop? Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, I'm trying to let you down nicely. It's not going to happen, okay? I'm, I'm trying to be nice Yeah, I don't think it's going to happen. I, w I wouldn't... I, I do think that they will take uh, an offensive tackle... Whoever's left at this point, the next, just the next name down, I think they're going to pick Trevor Penning. I th I, again, the the standard of offensive linemen, especially offensive tackles in this draft, is pretty high. So uh, I think the Saints are addressing a new a, a new need, shall hmm. we say, from this season. Um, but yeah, Trevor Penning, a good replacement. Definitely. The only other thing I've got on Penning is he's got a bit of an attitude, not in a bad way. He plays with a bit of a, a chip on his shoulder he can be a bit nasty and uh, i think he would really fit into the the saints locker room and that kind of energy um quite well so if he does land with the saints i think he will fit in quite nicely sean payton is now gone 
So I, I think there might be some less, a, a smaller amount of tempers being lost in that locker room, I think, um, just from an oh, outside tempers. point of view. Have, oh, you, oh, seen the, have you seen the, the dancing vibes? The, the Saints have a good <laughs> locker room vibe. <laughs> okay, right. yeah. Okay, we, we need to move on. I should never have brought up the Saints. Okay, Absolutely. so uh, number 16, uh, the Los Angeles, I nearly said San Diego there, the Los Angeles Chargers. Uh, we have them selecting... Um, interior defensive lineman Devontae Wyatt I love that name uh, to the Chargers Jake what do you reckon Wyatt to the Chargers in my sensible draft I have the same mm-hmm. uh, in my crazy draft I have Trevor Penning fallen here but um, my sensible one and my, my agreement with you and I think this is um, just a smart pick and the Chargers are a smart team they, they don't have you know particular massive needs um, but one no, way to certainly help themselves in that division will be to, to shore up that interior. Absolutely. I mean, they've already got uh, Bosa and they signed, they traded and signed for uh, Khalil Mack. And to add wire to that in, inside uh, line on the defensive line, is just that I think he's going to be a great player and that's going to be a terrifying pass rush for the Chargers. Absolutely terrifying. Uh, but as you said, you know, they've got to do something to slow down all these EFC West guys. Um, so yeah, good for the, good for the Chargers. Dave, do you have anything to add to that? I think the, the only other option that uh, for defense tackle would be Travis Jones out of Connecticut. Um, but both these guys are quite highly touted. Um, Devontae Wyatt's up for a defensive tackle, slight on the smaller side, but as we see from Aaron Donald, that, uh, this, that your size doesn't always dictate how great a defensive tackle you are. Um, but yeah, I, that's a scary addition uh, to a packed Chargers defensive line that is just terrifying. Uh, I, I don't want... I, I'm glad that the Rams and Chargers, they haven't played... For, uh, against each other for a while especially now that you've got Khalil Mack on one side and Bosa on the other I mean whoever comes into that uh, middle is going to be quite happy because there's going to be a lot of distractions around them which means that if they get one on one against one of the, the offensive linemen you know goodbye quarterback oh yeah it's just um, it's it's terrifying now I know I noticed you're talking about you know size again and that let's mm-hmm. not forget that guys like you know Dwight Freeney and uh, Elvis Dumerville, defensive ends to be fair were considered far too small to play in the NFL and ended up you know becoming all pro players. Um, yep. Size isn't everything, and as you the aforementioned Aaron Donald has proved that. Uh, sometimes I think um, NFL scouts or NFL teams maybe get a little preoccupied with size. Um, we know famously the the Raiders have done that in the past, uh, but I, I think he's he's got the tools to be a fantastic player. And slotting in between Bosa and, and Mac is just that's ridiculous. He's going to be in the ideal position to really shine. Um, so moving on to number eighteen, uh, the, we have the Philadelphia Eagles at number eighteen, uh, selecting cornerback Andrew Booth Jr. D- uh, Jake, is this messing up with your your trades a little? The Eagles uh, picking there. No, no, I still have the Eagles picking there. I just have them taking a wide receiver and Chris Olav, or Olave, trying ah. to pronounce it. But so, so we do differ, uh, but I still have the Eagles picking it. Right. Uh, Dave, what do you think? I, I would side with Jake. Uh, yeah, I, I, I don't think it's a bad pick. I, I would kind of probably side with Jake on this one because I would expect them maybe to go along the lines of the wide receiver route uh, at 18. Um, I think there's so, so, there's so many wide receiver options and I think the Eagles might 
take the chance there at 18 to take a wide receiver. Um, so, yeah, I, 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 I think either uh, are two, they're two of the biggest needs on the team, uh, cornerback and wide receiver. But I, I, I would go along the lines of Jake. Uh, with, with Jake's opinion that they mm. might go for if Chris Olave is there or you know you got Traylon Burks a, a number of players that could still be there uh, that I think would really benefit the Eagles offense yeah you mentioned Chris Olave or, or, or Olav uh, do apologize if he's listening to the show one of these days one of these days someone is going to be listening to our show who uh, we actually mention it's going to happen uh, and not just Ewan McPhail. Yeah, I was about to say, not just Ewan McPhail. <laughs> um, Chris Olave, um, we've actually got him going in the very next pick, number 19, to the New Orleans Saints. Jake, if that did happen, would you would you be quite happy with Olave? He looks like an, an excellent prospect. Well, if we, I mean, Ohio State, you know, say less. It makes sense with the Saints. But if we if we mm-hmm. got Penning and uh, Olave, I would be happy with that. I have Traylon Burks, because obviously on my draft, sadly, he's already gone. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I was saying to you and look when he sent me his draft I was like oh, I would be very happy as a Saints fan with that I don't see why not I don't see why not at all uh, we've already spoken about Chris Olive, so uh, we'll move quickly on to uh, the 20th pick Pittsburgh Steelers and Ewan has our first quarterback off the board Malik Willis at number 20 I don't think this happens but I've been wrong before uh, I'm sure once at some point I don't remember I have been wrong before. I don't think the Steelers take Malik Willis at quarterback because I don't think they have a need at the position. So, uh, Dave, I'm going to hand it over to you. Do you think the Steelers take Malik Willis at number 20? I do, but probably not because of the reasons that you think I do. (laughs) (laughs) I think the, the reason I think they take Malik Willis at 20 is because of how much hype has been coming out of Pittsburgh about Malik Willis. I think they're actually quietly excited about his prospect. I think his um, his visit went really well, uh, and I think they do need some sort of replacement for Big Ben that is not Mitch Trubisky. <sighs> so I, I I do see them... Uh, I, I see them... Uh, okay, so I think two one of two things happen. So either the Steelers take Malik Willis, or they get an indication from possibly a divisional rival quarterback in a former number one pick Baker Mayfield that there is some sort of event going to happen pre-draft that I think that's the only way the Steelers don't take a quarterback at pick 20 is that if they get an indication that Baker Mayfield is available that is uh, my thought and I think it is because they, you know, obviously with the tragic passing of Dwayne Haskins, I think they were ha- going to have a fantastic battle for that number one starting spot with Mitch and uh, with Dwayne Haskins. I think Malik Willis, you know, he'll be okay. Maybe not necessarily learning under Mitch. He'll be learning some things of what not to do. Um, oh, but I, I, th- I think Malik Willis. Respect, <laughs> Mitch. My goodness. Malik, so with the twentieth pick. Of the 2022 draft, the Pittsburgh Steelers do in fact draft Malik Willis. Jake, give us your two cents. I'm so sorry to disappoint you, Neosa, but I agree with you and have Malik ah, Willis. Uh, no. But like Dave said at the end, I think it's obviously with the tragic news of Haskins. Um, I think there's is a kind of a depth need. Um, I don't think the Browns would trade 
two Steelers. Now, I mean, the Steelers have gone on record already, basically, and said if he was to be cut, which, you know, never say never. Um, if he was to be cut, they would take, take him. Um, but I think they take Malik Willis. I have a, a feeling that the Cleveland Browns will cut um, Baker Mayfield immediately after the Steelers select a quarterback. Just to spite, <laughs> just to spite the Pittsburgh, I would, I wouldn't be surprised. I would yeah, not absolutely. surprise me in the slightest. They're, they've got no reason to have not cut him already. There's no reason that Bacon Mayfield should still be on the Cleveland Browns roster. Um, he already said he's not going to play back up. He knows in himself that the chances of him starting over Deshaun Watson. And Deshaun Watson being the backup are nil. Um, he's been alienated so much from that franchise that I think if Deshaun Watson gets suspended for the year, uh, that Baker Mayfield will refuse to play. I firmly believe it. I think he'll take the fines and just refuse to play for the franchise if they don't cut him. So I, I, I don't know. But... We're not talking about the Browns. I could go on. <laughs> We're talking about yeah. the Steelers. I don't think they take Malik Willis. I think they look for something else um, because I think Mike Tomlin is, well, I know Mike Tomlin is a very smart man. And I firmly believe that he will get the best out of Mitch Trubisky and stun the world. And uh, Mitch Trubisky will prove everyone wrong. And that is my firm belief. And of course, come the early hours of Friday morning when uh, Roger Goodell is announcing the 20th pick in the 2022 NFL draft. And uh, if he says the name Malik Wallace, then of course I will have been wrong. Um, but we'll wait and see. We'll wait and see what happens. Uh, so at 21, the New England Patriots, we have them taking uh, Zion Johnson, who's listed as an inside offensive lineman. So guard slash center zion johnson to the new england patriots wouldn't surprise me in the slightest looks like a very belichick move to me um i think you and set this nail absolutely on the head jake what do you reckon i agree with you and uh, in terms of it makes a lot of sense um they've obviously traded shaq mason so just you know replace him straight there mm -hmm. i i have them taking devon lloyd linebacker very similar to hightower um but i think it, it could if the guard is there and they they like it uh, I don't see why they wouldn't take it, but but I have gone different. No, oh, uh, Dave, what do you think? Yeah, again, it's it seems like such a Patriots thing to uh, to for that for, for just to take a first round uh, in, interior lineman. Um, yeah, it's just not I, flashy at all. Exactly. I think the only other thing I would say, I I do agree with Jake as well. I think that if they choose not to go down that route, I think they do go for the linebacker position. I think it's uh, that would be a question of addressing uh, depth needs rather than anything else. Um, you've got Devin Lloyd. I think you've got N uh, Nicobe Dean uh, as well as linebacker, who's a potential out of Georgia. Uh, um, Key Walker as well. But I, I think, like you said, though, the offensive line move, I think it is very Belgic. It's very Patriots, very Belgic move. Um and you know that you can see from their previous years that they do like their offensive line being sort of um, buffered and maybe more secure long term uh, from their previous first round picks. So I wouldn't be surprised in the slightest. 
No. Uh, at pick 22, we've got the Green Bay Packers. We know they're not taking a wide receiver. So, um, they, Ewan has them going with George Kalaftis. Edge. George Kalaftis to the Green Bay Packers. Dave, what do you think of this move? Uh, the notes I have on him is that he's out Purdue. He's 6'4", 275, so not the I knew you'd have edge. those notes. <laughs> Look, right, some of us pay attention. That's all I'm going to say. But, yeah, I, I, I feel like it's a safe move rather than anything else. Um, I, I thought they might go for an offensive lineman uh, rather than a defensive lineman. Um, kind of looking down the list, there's a few offensive tackles left at this point that would be up there. Um, maybe Tyler Smith. But... Yeah, I, I, I don't see it being a bad move. I think because of the obviously the amount of money that they've spent on their offense and this the recent additions in free agency, yeah, I think Carl Aftis would be a pretty safe uh, assumption that's, um, assuming he's still there, could be a case that he's not still there. Um, if, I don't know, a team like, say, the Texans decide to add another surprise to it, to the draft. Um, but, yeah, I, I think the Packers could do with a couple bolsters on their de uh, defensive line. Um, the other one I thought they might take, though, would be one of the available linebackers, uh, like Devin Lloyd, for example. Mm -hmm. um, I think that would be another safe bet for them, even if it's for um, depth choice rather than anything else. But, yeah, I, I, I quite agree with that pick from you. Jake, what do you reckon? Do the, do the Packers go with this pick, take the edge, or do you reckon the Steelers draft him and the, the Packers take Malik Willis? <laughs> yeah, so Packers take another corner uh, quarterback. I think Aaron Rodgers will be like, you know what? Just forget it. I'm I'm actually out this time. Um, I have our laughter actually going twenty third to the Cardinals. I have Bernard Ryman offensive tackle to the Packers. Um, similar to what Dave was saying, offensive tackle makes a lot of sense. I also think if Devin Lloyd doesn't go twenty one, if he's still there, again could go to the Packers. So the back end of the draft, as I was talking to you and today, it really does feel like. It can all go wrong very quickly in terms of mock draft because if you miss on one player, then everything for the next ten picks is all wrong. Oh, absolutely! If 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 there is a, for example, let's see, just say for argument's sake that the um, the Saints trade out of number sixteen and, and move down a couple of spots because they've got the number nineteen so on, that'll throw everything up in the air, and yeah. you know all all the picks will be just gone um picking out number 23 is the arizona cardinals we've got them taking safety daxton hill in our mock draft jake do you have daxton hill in your mock draft to the cardinals he does not fall into the first round for me so he's Ooh. still there on day two as far as i'm aware uh, like i said i've got carl Aftis going here mm -hmm. um so i don't know about this one as much dave t tell us how big I, he is I out of spite no I will not oh, but, come um, on. No, what, what I will say though about the Cardinals obviously, obviously I see them twice a year um, I kind of think that they might even have a little look at the wide receivers available um, obviously you know they've got one uh, very very talented former Texan uh, mm -hmm. as their uh, wide receiver number one but I think they may even look for uh, a, a kind of fast wide receiver for uh, future wide receiver number two, maybe even for the slots uh, at three. Um, just so give do you think? Do you think Daxton Hill also falls out of the first round? I'm trying to think of, of other yeah. other teams that would use a safety in in, in the first round. I'm, I'm not I sure. See the the only the only notes I can see on him is that uh, he's a 
Dan is an average, above, slightly above average safety. There wasn't many people overly hype on him uh, that I could see anyway. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah I, th- I think he, he had uh, some decent agility. Um, but I, th- I think the Cardinals might go for needs rather than wants. And I, th- I think the Cardinals maybe, they, they need, I think, a linebacker or maybe just a bolster that wide receiver. I think that they're, they've got semi-decent uh, off- offensive line at the moment, so I don't think they'll go offensive line. But I, I'd, I'd say more along lines of linebacker or if we want to be a bit spicy, go for wide receiver. Could do. Uh, at number 24, we've got the Dallas Cowboys selecting Boye Maffey. Hope I'm pronouncing his name right. If you're listening, Boye, do apologize. Um, so <laughs> he's Edge going to the Dallas Cowboys. You reckon the Dallas Cowboys need an Edge rusher? I don't. No. I, 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 well, I, I mean, they, they may still be a bit sore from the Broncos' uh, thievery of uh, their own, their, their previous uh, Edge rusher. Um, but I, I, I kind of had an offensive line going to the Cowboys. It depends on who's left by this point. Uh, I think there's going to be so many tackles taken in the first round. It could be uh, possibly uh, Tyler Smith out of Tulsa. Um, I think is it um, Bernard Raymond as well. So I, I, yeah. I, I had um, the Cowboys maybe trying to buffer up their offensive line rather than uh, going for an edge. It's a very Cowboys thing to do. I have them taking Zion Wilson, uh, Zion Johnson. I've got my, my Pelicans brain on. Uh, Zion Johnson, um, who obviously has already got a new draft. Another one that I've seen heavily linked is Tyler Linderbaum, the centre. Um, it, it just feels very Cowboys to take offensive line. That's what they've done uh, when yeah. they've been successful. So that, that's what I have them doing. It's, it's the Saints to the centre. To, yeah. to the class, the classic center pick of <laughs> it. It, fe- it feels like I, I know it's not the case, but it almost feels like the Cowboys have drafted an offensive lineman every year, and they always turn out really good. It's just I don't know how they do it. Um, so moving on, we've got uh, pick number twenty-five, the Buffalo Bills, and bit of a surprise when I saw this. Ewan has them taking running back Brees Hall to the Buffalo Bills. I'm not convinced they take a running back here. Uh, but in saying that, where do they have needs on the line? Uh, or uh, on the team, I should say. Uh, Jake, what do you think about that? Brees Hall going to the Bills at 25. I am in unison with Ewan. Uh, it's one oh. of those recently everybody seems to be thinking around the same. Um, it's kind of like the final piece for, for Buffalo. You know, like I say, they've got a very good team, so they can kind of take what they want. Um, so I have them taking a need in Bryce, uh, Brees Hall as well. Dave, any opinion of Brees Hall to the Bills? What do you think of that fit? I think that's the final piece of the jigsaw. I'm 100% on board with Jake and Ewan in this. Again, this pains me almost to say. But um, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think he's probably the best running back uh, in the draft. Uh, so I think the first running back will go to the Bills uh, this year. It probably will be Brees Hall as well. So yeah, 100% on board. Solid pick for the Bills. I think just it gives them... I think it gives him a bit more certainty in the future. If he stays healthy, I think he'll, he'll be a class running back. So, yeah, I'm 100% on board with this one. Okay, so moving on, number 26, we have the Tennessee Titans. And uh, Ewan has, an, I'm, I get another surprise for me, uh, our second quarterback off the board, um, Desmond Ridder. Uh, quarterback going to the Tennessee Titans. I don't see it unless it's purely for depth. If they if they were to maybe get rid of 
possibly Logan Woodside or Kevin Hogan. I, I certainly don't see Desmond Ridder challenging Ryan Tannehill for the starting spot anytime soon. What do you think of that? I have the exact same one. Um, am, am, I just wrong, am, am I going to be wrong in all these <laughs> All oh, you're going to make me and you look stupid. But th- this wasn't <laughs> planned. I sent mine to you and he's like, oh, I have the same yeah. in that position in terms of as a combine, he was compared to Ryan Tannehill. Ryan Tannehill's turning 34, I think, this year. I mean, this would be a good one, you know, even if he just sits for a year. Um, I think it uh, makes a lot of sense in terms of for the future. Um, I like it. Ewan likes it. So it makes me feel a lot better that's, about liking it. That's okay. Dave? Are you in agreement with Ewan and Jake again? Desmond Ridder, quarterback? No. Hey, um, here we go. <laughs> okay, couldn't blast. Uh, no, I I think I thought the Titans would actually um plump for getting an offensive lineman that would uh, sort of you know be able to go straight in as a starter into their kind of run first scheme. Um I uh, I, I can see the thinking behind Desmond Ridder, but I, I don't think so. I think they, they would wait one more year because the rumours are that the quarterback class of next year will be much better than this year. I don't I don't see Desmond Ritter as a, fir, a first-round pick. See, yeah, um, th- that, that's the thing that's getting me. It's the fact that it's... And I think if he, if he was still there, maybe in the second round, they could yeah. look at that. But I don't think it's a need for the team. And I think you've... First round draft picks, I know there's two schools of thought on draft picks. We all know this. We've spoken about it in past episodes. You can use them as bargaining chips or you can use them to really improve your team. I just think drafting a quarterback in the first round when you have an incumbent quarterback in Ryan Tannehill and he's only 34. It's not like it used to be he's 34, he's over the hill. He's not. Ryan Tannehill's still got a good three, four years in him, I reckon. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I could be I could be completely wrong. He could get injured this year and, you know, that's his career over. You know, um, God willing, that doesn't happen. But I think I think it's a stretch. I think taking a quarterback in the first round for the Titans is a real stretch, considering I think they only need to just, pun intended, <laughs> tighten up other positions. Um, I think Desmond Desmond Ridder, I think Desmond Ridder, if the Titans pick him at 26, assuming there's no trades or anything like that, I think if they do pick him, I think we're getting Jordan Love Mark II. Uh, I I think Tannehill's going to be there as the starter for the next three three years, possibly even more. Um, And I think Desmond Ridder will be the backup there for the next three years minimum. So I think that would be a bad pick. Yeah. Yeah, they don't because pick again until the ninetieth pick, though, so they can't oof. hope he falls to them at the second or the third. Yeah. Right, so it's they not it's not a case while. of it's not a case of they can pick him up in the second or third rounds. Right. Yeah, I think an- um, another another case for trading back for maybe a few more draft picks if they really it, want to. That's what me and you were saying. This is definitely a if a team wants a quarterback, Desmond Ritter could well go here. It might not be to the Titans. Yeah, uh, I, I, I don't I don't see forward. yeah. I don't see him going to the Titans. I just don't see the Titans taking a quarterback uh, in the first round. I, I don't see it. I, again, could be completely wrong. Next pick, 27th, we've got the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Ewan has them taking um, Kair Elam, cornerback to the Buccaneers. Um, that that might be quite an interesting pick for the Bucs. What do we think of that one? Uh, if he's anything, if yeah, anything if I there. think they would take Ridder. Oh, I do. I, th- I think the Bucks would take a rookie quarterback purely because of 
their current quarterback's age, and I don't think they're sold on their backups. They said they they trusted Blaine Gabbert. How could you? I know they said <laughs> they trusted Blaine Gabbert, and but I don't trust Blaine Gabbert. And I, I, I think, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, although in saying that, do you know what Blaine Gabbert has the exact same playing style as Tom Brady? So. <laughs> There you go. Yeah, except, except he probably misses a, quite a lot more than Tom Brady. He doesn't miss um, more than Tom Brady. Did he hasn't you, played. Uh, he hasn't honestly, played for him to actually throw. But uh, well, exactly. You know, all of Tom Brady's throws are screen passes and five yard slants anyway. So you know, Blaine Gabbert can complete them. We know that. Uh, so anyway, um, Ewan's got them taking Kair Elam, cornerback at twenty seven. Jake, Europeanian. Uh, I think it'd be a good pick. I think it'd be a smart pick. I have them taking uh, guard Kenyon Green. Uh, they lost both their guards this year. Ali Marpet retiring and Kalas, I think it was, um, free agency. Uh, obviously, they brought in Shaq Mason via the trade, but I have them shoring up the other guard. Uh, but no complaints with Ewan's pick. I want to say, I think they might spice it up a little bit. I, I think um, with the return of Tom Brady, I'm wondering mm. if they're either going to go for an offensive lineman, or could they even go for the first tight end? Now, you've got uh, one of the main kind of highly touted tight ends is Cade Auten. I think that's how you say, it. You say his name, Auten. Uh, Cade Auten. But um, he's a route runner at tight end. He's six foot five, 250, out of Washington. Brady likes his tight ends. And if Gronk doesn't go back, then they could be looking for uh, one of the best tight ends in the draft. So don't be surprised if there's some sort of surprise pick from the Bucks here, especially with the return of Tom Brady. I think it's going to be an offensive pick. I, I don't think they will go for... Um, or, or, sorry, I, I think they will go for someone on the, on the offense mm. just to try and get this kind of one year. This, this year is a win now rather than win in the future. I think they want to add to that offense this year i think these last six seven picks there's going to be a lot of tomfoolery i think it could be carnage at the back end of the draft which i hope for because it's going to be probably three four a.m for us so i hope it's something exciting <laughs> need to keep us entertained yeah, I, if, we make, not, if we make it at number tw- at number 28 we've got the green bay packers uh taking a pick they're never going to take it's a wide receiver uh Trelon burks uh going to the green bay packers we all know the packers are not going to draft a wide receiver in the first round that would be insane so what do we think is actually going to happen jake who have you got going to the packers at number 28 imagine trying to keep your prima donna quarterback happy i mean who would do such a thing <laughs> not the packers uh but i do have them taking a wide receiver i have burks already gone on my board so i have them taking Jahan dotson it's just the right thing to do. It's the smart thing to do. But I think somebody in the Packers front office is a bit sick in the head and just kind of likes upsetting Aaron Rodgers because if they don't do this, I, I, I wish they have the, the draft cam, you know, the cameras in the green room looking at the quarterbacks and the, the, the prospects. I would love them to have one on Aaron Rodgers when they pick <laughs> like a defensive two defensive players and Aaron Rodgers just storms off. <laughs> Dave, what do you think of that? I mean, yeah, the, the the Packers, I think, are just basically staying in the league to torment poor Aaron Rodgers now. Uh, I, I think if they don't pick a wide receiver, I, I mean, we're going to have the the kind of Antonio Brown storm off mid, <laughs> mid-game <laughs> just just because he's so fed up of it. I I, I thought they might actually go for a, a, one, one of the more rarer 
uh, wide receivers in Christian Watson, who's out in North Dakota State. The reason he's so rare, again, as you can probably guess, he is six foot five. <laughs> so, would that be something that would interest Aaron Rodgers? He's, he is someone that obviously likes his favorites. Could that be something that would really, you know, could really entice? Uh, the the Green Bay Packers to go for the wide receiver role finally in the first round. Yeah, I mean, uh, Aaron Rodgers doesn't have any favorites left in the team. Like they've, they've got, they've cleared out the wide Not receiver in the back room. room anyway. He definitely does have in the back room anyway. You know, I mean, he he lost Devontae Adams. He lost. Um, oh, I've forgotten his name to the Chiefs. Oh my goodness. Oh. Uh, MVS. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah Valdez Scantling. Yeah, so his two favourite receivers are gone. He's got big Bob Tonyan at the tight end. He does have the tight end, but he's got no wide receivers. They they need Alan Lazar. Help. Sammy Watkins. Oh, oh do you know right. what? I forgot about Sammy Watkins. Yes. Sammy, if you're listening, I do apologise. <laughs> so, one of these days. One of, the, one of like, these days. I'm just going to name uh, every player. One of these days, we'll have a, a phone in session. Baseball average, he's just swinging. <laughs> Eventually, you'll hit. I might be swinging and missing an awful lot. Okay, so moving on, we've got back-to-back picks by the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, we've got wide receiver Jahan Dotson or Jahan Dotson, and safety Lewis Seen. C-I-N-E, I'm not sure how you say that. Um, for the Kansas City Chiefs, 29 and 30. Dave, tell us your opinion. Do the Chiefs go offense, defense, wide receiver and safety? I'm not so sure if they go with, with a, a wide receiver. I am not. I don't think they need one. But Andy Reid loves his wide receivers. What do you think, Dave? That, that is just, you just echoed exactly what I was about to say. Andy Reid is a big fan of wide receivers, particularly coming out of the draft or even... Uh, you know, previously he's gone for running back. He's obviously not going to go for running back here, but I think he loves drafting uh, offensive weapons, shall we say. Uh, so I, I think they probably will go offense defense, assuming they have both picks. I, I can kind of see them uh, p- potentially, if anyone's interested, hosting a call and maybe to trade back for a couple, a couple more picks instead of one pick after the other. But um, their, their needs arguably wide receiver uh, cornerback but you don't don't be surprised if they take a, a defensive lineman as well um or depending on who's left by this point i think can, between can tackles you, and edge can you remind me what what's happening with the the chiefs safeties at the moment um they traded Sorensen, didn't they uh he's yeah. free agent to the saints and yes. they signed the Tyler Matthews reed from texans and Tyron Matthew, is he gone? He's free agents still. He's yes. so that right. So I, I, that's why I think they will go. Yeah, that's why I think they will go. Um, kind of wide receiver, cornerback. I think that's the, the evidence is kind of pointing towards that anyway. Yeah. Um, I, th- I I do actually think it depends what cornerbacks are left though. Um, you know they could they could go for uh, safety. There's it's not the most highest rated safety class. Um, but you know I I mean at this point I think I've given up predicting what Andy Reid's going to do in any aspects. You know, how, ma- how many coaches throw it and fourth and one consistently throw it successfully <laughs> on fourth and one, except yeah, it's, yeah, from Andy Reid. Yeah, well, it's different when you've got Patrick Mahomes under centre. It's a lot easier to, to decide to go for it on fourth and short when you've got number 15 back there. True, um, true. Number 31, pick number 31's penultimate pick, Cincinnati Bengals. We've got them taking offensive lineman Tyler Lindenbaum. 
Um, and this just makes perfect sense to me. If any of these offensive linemen are still available at number 31, the Bengals should absolutely snap them up. Uh, we all saw what happened in the Super Bowl. Joe Burrow looked great when he wasn't lying on his back. So um, I think they're, they're doing the right thing. They may even trade up. I, I think the Bengals might try and trade up a few places just to snag the offensive lineman that they want in this one. What do we think of that, Jake? I'll hand it over to you first. If they are set on Lindebaum, which, would, like you say, would make a lot of sense, they might need to move ahead of the Cowboys at 24. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you are saying about the Chiefs, I think they're a candidate to move up. I don't think they'll move back. They already have 12 picks this draft. Um, so be, if they trade back, I mean, they're going to end up with a lot of rookies. <laughs> um, but with the... the uh, Bengals here I have them taking Logan Hall but Lindebaum if he's there um, makes perfect sense it does Dave I think they've learned um, that protecting Joe Burrow at all costs is really really important yeah, um, yeah I mean it's a ha- to Lindebaum's the highest rated centre in the draft I, I don't see them going wrong with his it's a perfect pick for them you know it gives a bit of stability for the future as well I think he's going to be a great player you know, uh, yeah, and, and and he can he can play center or guard. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and he's he's just an interior uh, defensive uh, defensive lineman, offensive lineman. Yeah. But yeah, I think if uh, what, exactly what Jake was saying, I think the Cowboys are their only really competition, maybe for the center for for Tyler Underbaum. So uh, maybe the Steelers and the Eagles, maybe just looking at the phones when their eighteenth uh, and nineteenth picks comes up for maybe a, a phone call from the Bengals. Yeah, absolutely. And rounding out our pick, it's Ewan's own Detroit Lions. Pick number 32, final pick in the first round, and he's got them taking linebacker Devin Lloyd. I love this pick. I think I'm, I will be surprised if Devin Lloyd is still there at 32 because I think he's got the potential. I'm not necessarily the, the teams would uh, draft him by need. I think he's got the potential to be a top 20 pick. If he's still there at number 32, I think the Lions will snap up Devin Lloyd and he'll be a great player for that franchise. Uh, Dave, what do you think about Devin Lloyd going to the Lions? I mean, the the Lions, a team that have been in rebuild mode since they were founded, almost. <laughs> but <laughs> so You've got to get I, your digs in, don't you? I, oh my goodness. I, I tell you what, though, I wouldn't be surprised to see a quarterback taken at 32. I would not be taken. I, w- I would not be surprised at all. I it, I don't think the Lions are convinced by Jared Goff. I don't blame them. Um, but it depends who is available. I I think if Ritter's available, we could be seeing Ritter going in the first round. Um, but I I yeah I, I from what I know I I don't know much about Devin Lloyd. Um, he's he's a strong, fast linebacker that can play an inside or outside linebacker. So. He had 43 tackles for loss over his uh, three seasons in college. Uh, Pretty impressive. He, uh, very impressive and at the highest level of college as well. So I, I don't see that being a bad a bad pick whatsoever. But like you said, if he's still there, if he's not still there, I think watch out for the quarterback, another quarterback going in the first round. You guys are uh, too nice. The, the, this, <laughs> this Ewan is up there with me thinking Charles Cross is going to be there at sixty. This is <laughs> never going to happen. I I, do, I don't see Devin Lloyd being there at thirty-two. I can't if see. If he doesn't it. go to the Eagles, he'll go to the Patriots. If he doesn't go to the Patriots, he'll go to the Packers. He's not going to be there. I, I've got them taking a, a quarterback. I've got them taking Matt Corral. Mm-hmm. Could be Sam Howell. Could be you know a, 
know any of the quarterbacks really. That they've you know whichever the Lions like the most. But I, you guys have been too. Devin Lloyd is not here. If he is, I, I will apologize, and and Lions fans will rejoice. But that it's not going to happen. Oh yeah, no. I, I as I said, I don't think he'll be there. I think he'll go in the top twenty. I firmly believe that. Um, I think teams would be daft not to take him. If you know, even if they had their eye on someone else, if Devin Lloyd's still there at nineteen, he's he's going. I, I cannot see him still being on the board at <laughs> 32. Uh, I think Ewan's hoping beyond hope with that one. But if he is still there at 32, that's the perfect pick for the Lions. I know they need help at the quarterback position. God knows they need help at the quarterback position. Um, mm-hmm. But if Devin Lloyd's there, I don't think they can pass him up. And that's the end of the first part of this week's uh, WinFL show. It's an extended show because of our mock draft. Um, coming up in the next part, we're going to have Jake's hot takes. We're going to have uh, Ewan McPhail's draft day fails. We're going to have a little story time as well. And of course, random stats coming up on the WinFL show.